0: Good morning, it's still pretty exciting to me, especially when we sing a song like that and we use the word hallelujah, I remember uh, what, a, what a delight, what a surprise it was when I was taking Hebrew, began learning the Hebrew language, and realized that hallelujah is praise the Lord, or praise Yah, hallelujah. You all praise hallelujah, which is short for the covenant name of God, Yahweh, which is used in this psalm that we're looking at. And although the word hallelujah does not occur in this psalm, it does in the next psalm, 135 opens with hallelujah, but here it is the word bless. Barak. Bless the Lord. Bless Yahweh. So we've come to the acme, the pinnacle of the Psalms of Ascent. And I think it is so fitting because it is we I think rightly presume as we read this Psalm that the priest calls the people and he begins with the word behold. That's the way we translate it. I think some good translations in this particular Psalm for the word behold, which is an interjection. It's an attention getter. It's like alert or come or pay attention, or notice this, or don't miss that. In this case, come is really fitting. Come. Can you imagine being gathered in the court of the temple and the priest in a loud voice says, Come, bless the Lord, bless the Lord. All you servants of the Lord who stand by night in the house of the Lord, lift up your hands to the holy place and bless the Lord. May the Lord bless you from Zion, he who made heaven and earth. Bless the Lord. This psalm falls into two parts. Verses 1 and 2, the first part. Verse 3, the second part. In short, in verses 1 and 2, we bless the Lord. And in verse 3, the priest invokes the blessing of the Lord upon the people. And I want to talk a little today about what it means to bless the Lord. What we do when we bless the Lord. Should we be doing more of this blessing the Lord? Well, that's what I'd like to talk to us about. So we'll look at the first two verses to begin. All you who are his servants, bless the Lord. The first thing I want us to notice, and I've got five things I want us to notice. The first thing I've already touched on, and that is the word, behold, hey, bless the Lord. (laughs) See how that works? Took a moment for some of you, you were busy. And then as I held my silence, you turned to see what was going on and I said, Bless the Lord. That's how it works. An interjection, an interruption. Kind of an invasion on what we're doing. Hey, let me get your attention here. And what we are doing is calling that person to something that we think is more important than what they think is important. The priest calls the people together to bless the Lord, to worship the Lord with praise. second thing, the word bless. When we think of bless, I think we rightfully think of a superior blessing and inferior. That language is... We don't like that but that's the exact wording that's used in the book of hebrews in our new testament in chapter 7 verse 7. this is how it reads no one disputes that the inferior is blessed by the superior in other words parents tend to bless children employers tend to bless employees. Blessings tend to flow from the top down. Those who have more give to those who have less. In the book of Genesis, the patriarch Jacob blesses his sons in chapters 48, 49, and 50. He is the superior. He has the juice to utter things unto his sons that have a certain power, have gravity. They deliver meaning. And that's really at the heart of blessing. And with that in mind, how much more does it mean when we praise the Lord, when we offer thanksgiving, to realize that we are blessing him with with hearts that are genuine and full of thought and meaning. God is our superior. We acknowledge and affirm that God has blessed us when we bless the Lord. And you'll notice in verse 3 these very important words In verse 3, we are told that we have been blessed by God. It's in the words of the final thought. He who made heaven and earth. God has blessed us. We have breath. He designed us. All of our capacities are a gift. This creation, heaven and earth is a gift. And it is beautiful. It is beautiful. It is beautiful. And it provides. It offers everything we need everything that we could want. We sometimes forget because there are so so many mediators between us and heaven and earth. So many manufacturers, so many retailers. But it hasn't always been that way. And as all the in-betweeners and the brokers get in the middle between us and the heavens and the earth and him who made the heavens and the earth, we lose sight of how dependent we are. And then we lose our capacity and our appreciation and our thanksgiving to the one who has given it all, all, all. To bless the Lord, my third point to bless the Lord, it's required of us to see and remember his blessings. We have to compel ourselves. It doesn't easily come to bless a superior. We tend to feel that they flow downhill. And when we see ourselves at the bottom, we expect all the blessings to come from above rather than to extend and extol those blessings unto the Lord. I was thinking about as a child, uh, I never gave thought that my parents ever had a need. I didn't even think of them really as, uh, as people. They were just my parents. I mean, are parents real? Do they have feelings? Do they, do they doubt? Do they have difficulties? Do we admire them for what they accomplish in our lives, we who are kids? Sometimes we have to grow up a little to realize how grown up our parents are, how good they are, how they sacrifice for us, provided for us. Denied themselves to give us what we took for granted. Or we didn't even think caused them any anguish, difficulty, or loss of sleep. God is a person. God is a person. He designed us. Did you ever think of that? He ought to know what, it, what it's like to be him because he designed us in his image. In other words, he feels. He cares. And when we are full of thanksgiving, it delights him. It matters. That's why there's a behold here. And that's why there's a command. Bless the Lord. Because he deserves it. And we aren't used to blessing superiors. And sometimes we get so caught up in ourselves, we need to become familiar with the idea that maybe in the midst of whatever's preoccupying me i ought to take thought of him who made me and bless him and recognize that all of my problems are minuscule compared to all that he has gifted me with to handle those problems oh and how much more in the light of jesus christ and the resurrection are these things true than they were when the psalmist Pinned these beautiful sentiments of worship in the temple, in the presence of the Lord. Do you realize David, David, the king, the one who was given the promise that is fulfilled in Jesus Christ, David commanded himself He told himself what to do, what was right. In fact, in Psalm 103 and 104, he says, bless the Lord. Who's he talking to? Well, he tells us immediately, oh, my soul. Bless the Lord, oh, my soul. And all that is within me, well, that's his whole being. That's a, that's a worldview that he has when he says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. He's swallowed up in the goodness of God. He's absorbed in the goodness of God. And so he tells himself, this is the right thing to do. Bless the Lord. How do we do that? Well, you, uh, you have an inclination, I know. But David tells us in verse 2 of Psalm 103, he tells us, forget none of his benefits. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name and forget none of his benefits. That is the path to blessing the Lord. David in verse 3, 4, and 5 lists six things that he considers benefits for which he is not going to forget. He's not going to overlook it. He's not going to turn away from it. In verse 3, He names forgiveness and healing. In verse 4, protection and steadfast or stubborn or loyal love. And in verse 5, good. He thanks the Lord. He counts as a benefit God's good. And God's good, he says, satisfies. He's content. And in verse 5, he finishes with, thank you for strength. I will not forget or lose sight of the strength that you give me. Strength that recovers. Strength that soars like an eagle. So thinking of blessing the Lord and forgetting not his benefits. It was, it was kismet, I guess you could say, that uh, we received an invitation in the mail, well, in the email this week. This invitation came from Christian Callan. Our brother in Liberia, West Africa, all the way from West Africa in Liberia, I received an invitation. We received an invitation. You know, it's good to remember sometimes in the midst of what we're kind of overwhelmed by, or involved in, or caught up in, sometimes a blessing, a person blessing, another person blessing the Lord, or just blessing, sometimes it can wake us up to the good things in our lives that we ought to be taking note of, even in the midst of these difficult times and all that occupies us, all that causes us to wring our hands. This invitation all the way from Liberia is inviting us to the dedication of its church and while we've been involved in all of the things that involve us. They've been involved in building and finishing their church. And do you know what they named their church? They named their church Grace Community. Because you have given to that cause. We had a significant part in helping them build their church build their ministry do the work of god in their lives and on the day that they dedicate it which is january 10th they're also going to ordain three people to ministry that they've been discipling you see these are the goods that don't just when benefited benefit others in terms of goods, they themselves become the blessing. They themselves become the blessing. When you bless the Lord, God turns you into a blessing. The fourth thing, to bless the Lord, we use words that come from the heart. We bless with our whole being. David drew such words from his soul, all that was in him. He's expressing not only words, as I said, he's expressing a worldview. And that's important to keep in mind. Blessings are not just a word and a word and a word. Words have worth but sometimes we treat them like pennies. But you know, even pennies have worth. We, we walk right past them. Many of us will not take the time or stoop for just a lowly penny. But when you collect pennies, when you add one penny to another and you just keep adding, you ever heard that expression, if I had a nickel for every time, Well, what if you collected pennies like you collected nickels? The outcome would be the same. I'd be rich. And if we used words as though they had value, as they carried true meaning, as they carried something of our soul and who we really are, if we put ourselves into those words, those words shape us as much as they shape others. They bless us as much as they bless God. Words are powerful. Do you know who said, I'm the greatest of all time? Muhammad Ali. Muhammad Ali said, I figured if I said it enough, I'd convince the world that I really was the greatest. But it's pretty amazing that when you hear the words, the greatest of all time, you think of Muhammad Ali. Words have power. In Proverbs 23, 7, the premise of the, of the proverb is that As you think, so you are. And that's the beauty of blessing more, because if we're blessing, our thinking is of a certain quality and caliber. We realize who we are before God, and we acknowledge God in our lives, not just to praise him for his blessings, but to acknowledge, to revere, to affirm who God is in our lives. And the fifth thing I want to share about that verses one and two is to bless the Lord. We know the power of blessing in a world of curses. We live in a world of curses. And it chokes me up. People are vile to one another. If you're paying attention to the trends and the culture as it changes, we're now in what's called a cancel culture. It's just a descriptor of what is happening. People are canceling the value and worth of other people unless you see it my way, unless you're on my side or talk the way I think you should talk. That's not the way God looks at you and me. If we had a God like that, we'd all be wiped out. We have a God who loves each and every one of us, and we are each bearers of his image. Let us be blessers because we bless the Lord who has blessed us. Let us lead lives of blessing. Let us have attitudes of blessing in a world of cursing in a culture being swallowed up in curses and verse 3 may the Lord bless all you who are his servants God blesses us in ways our culture distorts our culture is focused on material things we are a capitalist society. We expect a return on what we purchase. If we were to reflect on the how, how influential is the role of money in our lives? things in our lives, the way our lives are structured and the way our culture operates and then how it infects our thinking and how it even reflects or causes us and shows up in our lives in the way we view other people and whether they're worth it or not or whether they even count or not. And then how we view ourselves we would see that culture has truly distorted the higher values that we need to be praising and admiring and cultivating. There was a man in the 80s who became quite famous. His name was Jim Baker. He was what we call a tele-evangelist. I would describe To to you and many who who do not know or maybe even remember Jim Baker, I would call Jim Baker the P.T. Barnum of the prosperity gospel. He built this empire, and he reveled in it with his colorful-looking uh, wife, Tammy. But it all came crashing down because it was, all, it was, it was built on deceit. It, it was built on everything that is opposite of what Christ stands for. But it was built in his name. His name, the name of Jesus was invoked and people flocked to it but it all came crashing down because it wasn't built really on Christ and when he was in prison because he was put there for his crimes when he was in prison Jim Baker wrote to his supporters. And what was written was published. It was published in Christianity Today. And I just want to read you a line. This is what Jim Baker said from prison. There is no way, if you take the whole counsel of God's word, that you can equate riches or material things as a sign of God's blessing. That's what you call repentance. That's what you call a complete about-face. No way, he says, can you equate riches or material things as a sign of God's blessing. And he says, this is based on God's word. So, I'm not saying don't give God thanks for your new car or for your house or running water or being able to just flush the toilet and walk away. Those are all blessings for sure. But if those are the only blessings we know, we need to be cultivating the deeper blessings that we are not seeing because we have been so warped by our culture that those things are the only blessings that we see. I often, I'm like you, when you write a card, you, you, we use this convention, uh, the Lord bless you. You ever say that? I do. It's kind of a sentiment. But if you stop and think about, it's, it, it, you're invoking or you're, you're expressing a prayer. May the Lord bless you. I am asking the Lord that he will bless you. The Lord bless you. Bless you. God bless you. And I will still use it, but I'm, I'm every time I say those words or write them, This is what I'm really thinking now. And sometimes I've even written it out. What I mean is, may the Lord open your eyes. May the Lord enlarge your heart. May the Lord expand your mind that you and I might see might realize, might contain all the blessings that are ours in the Lord, that he showers upon us through other people, through our daily walk, in all kinds of ways, may we be able to absorb and take in and appreciate and give thanks For God's blessings. Because when we say, may the Lord bless you, it's like, yeah. At the end of the day, we could ask, did the Lord bless you? No, I don't think so. Bless the Lord. Cultivate a grateful heart. When I was in high school, you, you wouldn't have liked me. I'm not saying you like me now, but you wouldn't have liked me then. But I was a pretty dismal kid. Uh, We didn't call it depression. But I was a depressive, depressed kid. I was dark. And my mom was such a, a light. She glowed. She had um, opened the door to my closed room (laughs) where I was hiding out or staying away, and uh, she'd ask how I was doing, and it was just uh, gloomy, gloomy. Woe is me. Life is horrible. And she said, uh, John, pray. Talk to the Lord. Count your blessings. She said, count your blessings. Name them. One by one. God has blessed you. You have many blessings. Count your blessings. Name them one by one. Yeah, Mom. Okay. Thanks, Mom. I roll. I thought she was nuts. Count your blessings. Man, that's that's like a band-aid on a shark bite. I mean, count your blessings. I just went well, my blessing. I have so many problems. My woes are so great. I have nothing to be thankful for. Turns out that practice of counting your blessings, it's cutting edge science. It really is. Robert Emmons, a PhD, Research psychologist out of Davis, UC Davis, wrote a book not too many years ago called Thanks, if you ever want to borrow it. I've read it a couple of times. He has a count your blessings study that he did. And he enrolled people, you know, the control, you've got your control groups. And one group, he said, at the end of every day, I would like you to journal and just count your blessings. Count your blessings. Well, at the end of the study, evaluating what had taken place in the one group, the count your blessings people, and then the not count your blessing people, and the count your blessings people were, were healthier, more vibrant, better adjusted. In other words, there were just countless benefits. They had a better outlook on life. They brought light with them. They brought joy with them. They brought sweetness with them. When they walked into the room, there was a breath of fresh air because their lives were alive with all of the goodness. Count your blessings. Name them one by one. Count your many blessings see what god has done let's stand there's a song that we used to sing with every service And I'll lead us in it. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise him, all creatures here below. Praise him above ye heavenly. Son and Holy Ghost. Heavenly Father, give us eyes to see, minds to contain. Give us the capacity to not only receive but to remember and to be filled with your blessings that we might indeed bless the Lord. And all of God's people said,